now, time for seafood news. You're listening to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News staff writer Amanda Buckle. And I'm seafood market reporter Lauren Castiglione. This week's episode is brought to you by Ernaberry's Seafood Import Workshop, taking place in Boston on Thursday, October 18th. The Seafood Import Workshop is a unique opportunity for businesses to discuss the variety of compliance requirements faced by U.S. seafood importers. From federal laws to voluntary certification requirements, the workshop speakers present and discuss best management approaches to raising the bar and meeting the intent of the law. Visit earnerberry.com SIW for more information. So I think we have a very fun show today. Good, because last week was quite the downer. <laughs> it really was. I'm, we're, we're done with, you know, the dead whale talk yeah. for a while, so don't stop listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> we hope we didn't lose you all. <laughs> exactly. But no, seriously, my, my heart does need a break from, from the whales, but instead, we're going to take everyone on a wild, trippy <laughs> ride. <laughs> So this is a story that Laura and I have been laughing about all week. Lobsters are getting high. Yes. So just to fill everyone in, a restaurant in Maine, Charlotte's legendary lobster pound, is trying to ease the pain of lobsters by getting them high prior to boiling. Yes. So what exactly this restaurant owner is doing, her name is Charlotte Gill, and she's doing, she's like a... She has like a marijuana license, like so she's able to grow yes. her own stuff. And let's, Legally. Yes. Yes. And let's just clarify that she's not, like, her goal is to sell these lobsters at her restaurant, um, but she's not doing it yet. She's experimenting on it because Mm -hmm. she's, like, an animal, you know, I guess not really, I guess, an animal rights activist. Can you be an animal rights activist and owning a, a, like, store where you kill animals? I would think so. I guess. Because she's doing it humanely and wants to do it the most humane way possible. Yes, and and the way so the way she would like to do it, which is I find very um, interesting, is that what she's been doing is they've been testing the lobster by putting it in a small container. There's mm-hmm. one one lobster they've been testing. His name was Roscoe, which I love the name. I think it's a <laughs> cute name, Roscoe the lobster. So Roscoe the, Roscoe the lobster has been put in a small container. Uh, they put a few inches of water in it, and then they pushed like. S- marijuana smoke they like blew yep. it in i don't know who was blowing it in right. <laughs> but it was like blown in through a tube into the container until it was filled and then they kept roscoe the lobster in there for three minutes little mini lobster hot box <laughs> exactly <laughs> he was just baking in there and uh and they said when they when they opened up the box and they took him out like you know normally you know lobsters are flapping around and you know waving their claws and stuff i'm you can, nobody can see me, but I'm like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm also like clicking my hands like I have claws. Um, but so yeah, they're saying like after you know he was exposed to all that smoke, he was like very chill, and they said they like kept the the band off his his yeah. claws, and he that wasn't, he wasn't like, fighting or yeah, and he's, he just like basically just chilled. Yeah. So was he high? Was he high? Was he sleepy? Was he? Like, you just know, confused sm- from, like, <laughs> from being put in a box. Then Suffocating the- from smoke inhalation. Yeah, like, what kind of, like, water, like, was in the box? Like, was he, I don't know. Was- I wish there was a video, because I would like to see how much smoke was in this pot. Yeah, and, like, how, like, was somebody, like, you know, smoking a joint and then just blowing it in? Like, right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I'm a little confused about that. Or is there like some sort of machine? Right. 
I don't know how that I doubt it was works. machine. Yeah. But so so after this experiment, Roscoe the lobster, so that they, you know, they monitored him to see what was happening, and then they let him go because he was lobster experiment number one. So Roscoe the lobster is just riding high in the ocean <laughs> right now, confused about where he right. is. <laughs> Probably hungry. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but the issue, what it, what it really comes down to is that, so, you know, this story broke, you know, last week and everyone was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, now this is in Maine, you know, the Department of Health is, is getting involved because they're like, wait a second. Um, but uh, Charlotte Gill is saying that it's the lobster, like Roscoe, well, they didn't eat Roscoe, but other lobsters that have done this with, they mm-hmm. said that the, the marijuana, well, number one, she said that it makes the meat... Um, like taste better, right? Yeah, because she, she said they're not stressed out before they're boiling. So they're what they're doing is you know so they're getting them high and then they're putting them they're boiling them live or steaming them and then, but it's supposed to mellow them out, which I don't. I guess I mean I don't produces a better cooked product. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Um, but you know that's what they're saying. However, the main you know Department of Health is saying that. They would treat food served to consumers at licensed eating places and affected by marijuana. It's like it's, they're treating it as it's adulterated um, and illegal. Right, right. So they said at this time, regulators do not have information on the health implications or effects of sedating lobsters with marijuana. And And, and in the article, she said that her employees tried the the cooked lobster and that they took... Like a drug um, test, drug test afterwards, and nothing was traceable or anything. And, and the best part, I guess, <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite part. Uh, the woman's 82-year-old father has been eating, I quote, copious amounts of marijuana <laughs> sedated lobster every day. <laughs> and they're going to have him take a blood test to see. Yes. What a cool dad. We'll, like, we'll stay dad. tuned. <laughs> yeah. Dad, need you to do me a favor. <laughs> I'm getting some lobsters high in my garage right now. <laughs> I don't know if it helps the fact that they said he was eating copious amounts <laughs> and then also saying that there is no, like, trace that it gets into you. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, one of the side effects of smoking marijuana is your appetite increases. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, is he... Yeah. I mean, is he getting high and then eating? Right. Yeah, so, so... Throw I'm another one on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What a cool dad. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the real thing here is that, like, you know, I, I, I kind of get where she's coming from. Number one, I just I think the story's hilarious. I think it's just very interesting. Yes. Um, but, you know, in Switzerland, they banned boiling lobsters alive. Yeah. So the, the big debate and what we have to figure out is if you think lobsters feel pain or mm-hmm. if they don't. And I, I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle. I... I want to say, like, you know, why why wouldn't they? Like, it's a it's still like a living thing, right? And like the scientists like are saying, you know, that their brains are too small to mm-hmm. have that uh, that pain sensory, yeah, like, they're, like underdeveloped. They're, yes, like, it's like a brain of like a bug, which they are called like like the bugs. That yeah, the insects. The sea, that, yeah, or, yeah. You know, whatever <laughs> they're called. You know, with that said, like like I said, I I um I mean. We go. We talk about this quite often, but like mm-hmm. I'm a pescatarian, so mm-hmm. I don't like you know I, I don't like the thought of you know killing a cow or whatever. Right. I've gotten over the thing with fish just because I'm like yeah fish, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so are you? So I'm a little torn about. I mean I still eat lobster. I'm a little torn about this, but right. this was something we talked about a lot um, when I went for my future leaders trip uh, up 
to Canada. Mm -hmm. And when I went through um, the Lobster Academy, one of the things we talked about uh, was that, you know, there's, you know, they, their thought, you know, they're like, they don't feel pain, you know, and I got to see, you know, a a live lobster with like its heart beating (laughs) outside of its body. And I was like, whoa, but, uh, but too real. Yeah. But you know, I, I, if, if all the facts are there and if like if the brain yeah they do have a brain but if it's not developed and then you think about the fact that they they like shed like they mold know, yeah and like yeah. they shed like uh if, if you they lose like a uh claw and like they feel no pain like they'll go on like eating like they'll just right they one of the the pieces in the article said that lobsters like one that was like extremely injured just mm-hmm. kept on eating yeah and yeah, whatever <laughs> but i feel like there isn't enough evidence all the people who say they don't feel mm-hmm. pain are just like there's they're just yeah. kind of guessing yeah they're just saying oh the brain is too small they're you know it's they true. can't feel it i think the best situation the best scenario here would be i don't know if you remember the movie the witches it was where the witches turned they had like a little potion and the kids ate yes. it and then they turned into mice like, yes so if we can get a couple people <laughs> to turn into lobsters and then like somehow like start eating them start, like half boil them and then turn them back into humans. Did you do any say. experimentation before before this podcast on this? <laughs> <laughs> I just have. I'm very. You're getting a this. little off topic. So. Sorry, that's what I think. But anyway, I mean, if if okay, so like I said, if Switzerland is telling you you have to to stun lobsters before right. boiling them, why why can't why can't lobsters enjoy a little marijuana? And what kind of man? stunning do they? Want everybody to do in Switzerland? They just said like it's it's illegal. You can't. You can't just throw them in a boiling pot of water. You I know, but what's to... the what's the process like? Because I feel like then you wouldn't be able to cook them at home. Like if you need this thing that like kind of electrocutes them or whatever. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know how affordable it is because it's not you know, something we have to do here. But I mean, another humane way to like uh, kill a lobster would be uh, we learned this at the Lobster Academy mm-hmm. is to to actually um, drown them in fresh water, which I drown them. <laughs> it also doesn't sound human. <laughs> You have to put yeah. them down and I'm hold them down. I'm making this face at Amanda like, okay, yeah. But, but that's the thing. You have to, that's another humane way to do it. So if you don't have a, a thing to stun them. Yeah, I, I really don't know. Yeah. But this is actually like, what I thought was really interesting is this isn't the first time that people have been experimenting with it. So, you know, like everyone's getting all riled up about this this woman that's just like testing it out on her mm-hmm. own. But scientists have been doing it for a while. Um, High Times, the ultimate resource for all things cannabis, uh, <laughs> they say that scientists in the 70s were, were trying to see if marijuana would su- uh, suppress aggressive behavior in like betta fish, those like fighting fish. Um, side note, I had a betta fish called Mad-Eye Moody. He was named after a Harry Potter character because he had one eye. <laughs> Um, because he lost it trying to fight somebody. But anyway. Was this before or after you bought him? Uh, I, I got him injured. You rescued him? Yes, I Aww. rescued him. He one-eyed betta fish. You're changing the world over there. <laughs> one, one-eyed betta fish at a time. <laughs> but so, so they were, you know, scientists in the 70s were seeing if marijuana would suppress the aggressive behavior, and it kind of did. They found that it actually did. Kind of did. <laughs> but it, what happened was they developed a tolerance after like 10 times of like getting fed this, like these like <laughs> this marijuana food. So it like worked at first, but then they just were like, they're like, we don't want to, yeah. we don't want to spend any more money on giving these fish marijuana. So we're just going to bail. <laughs> Forget it. But then again, last year in 2017, some scientists were giving uh, farm fish weed to hope mellow them out because in uh 
you know, cannibalism can occur in, in um, fish farming in some instances. Yes, I've heard that, yeah. So these fish were fed a mixture of weed pellets with their normal food, um, but they didn't mellow out. Uh, what did happen, which happens generally with people who smoke marijuana, is their uh, metabolism rate uh, increased. Mm-hmm. So essentially, they got the munchies. Um, but which, but you know, you think, well, maybe if they were eating more, they would. They wouldn't be fighting or stressed. Well, no, they would or, just like grow more. So you uh, have like, so okay, so fine. It yeah. didn't, you know, de-stress them. It didn't make them less any aggress- any less aggressive, but it grew them faster. But mm-hmm. it didn't. They um, they burned off the calories pretty. Oh. <laughs> so, so failed attempts there. But we'll have to check back with Ms. Gill, and uh, and see how her 82-year-old father's doing. Yeah. So I'm very curious. Stay tuned. <laughs> anyway. Um, this brings us to our next topic of conversation. We're just continuing to ride this, this trippy train. Um, our next <laughs> trippy <topic> train. <laughs> I like that. Our next topic of conversation, an octopus on ecstasy. Just to clarify, we're not talking about giving an octopus E and then cooking and eating it like we're talking about with the lobsters. No, although there might be a chef listening who immediately thought that was a genius idea and stopped the podcast is going to try that. Let us know how it <laughs> Researchers at John Hopkins University wanted to see how the so-called party drug affected these sea creatures. What they discovered, surprise, surprise, is that they actually become more social. Yeah, so truthfully, I don't know a lot about octopuses. Um, is it octopuses? Octopi? Uh, I think it's octopuses. Okay. But you can call it octopi. Octopi makes me think of like a like a pie stuff with octopus then, which kind of weirds me out. Mm, so okay. I'm, gonna, I'm personally going to stick with octopuses, but you do your own thing. All right. Sounds you do, good. You do you. <laughs> um, a couple years ago, you know, I saw this video of, it was like all over, you might have saw it. It was like this video of like, just like a bird chilling on a rock, you know, by the water. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden this tentacle <gasps> just reaches out whoosh, no. and like just grabs this like seagull. <laughs> And just like devours it. I've seen the one where the where the octopus is like walking on land, but not the one where he like devours a you seagull. You have to. I don't know how to Google it, but you have to. I Google. don't want to. It just it, it's a it's a seagull, not a seal. Seagull. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like I maybe could eat a seal, but I definitely saw the video of it eating a seagull, and it definitely frightened me. Um, but what I didn't realize is that they actually prey on each other. So they're pretty I didn't aggressive. know that either. Yeah, I didn't know they were aggressive. Um, but the study involved giving these octopuses ecstasy and then putting them in a connected water chamber. So because, you know, octopus generally tend to fight each other, uh, one octopus was free while the other one was contained in another water chamber um, to protect them if things went south. And then there was a third and final chamber that had a plastic Star Wars toy in it. That's a Star Wars toy in it. And um, I'm not sure if it was Luke or Darth or someone else, but um, I'm not, like, maybe, like, I feel like, why did they use Star Wars? They could have used, like, a toy or something. Like, what really bothers me is hmm. that, like, I'm not a Star Wars fan. And, like, back to Harry Potter and my <laughs> Mad-Eye Moody, I would have preferred a Harry Potter figurine. So, like, why Star Wars and did it matter? Well, I'm not sure if any of that would be a real factor, but now I know that you are definitely a Harry Potter geek. This is it. the like the third reference this podcast about Harry Potter. Leave me alone. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, the researchers tested the response of the octopi in the chambers before and after giving them ecstasy. What they discovered was that when drugged, they spent more time in the chamber with the other octopus, even though the other octopus was contained. 
The scientists actually said that they tended to hug the cage that the other octopus was in and put their mouth on parts of the cage, which is weirdly similar to how people react when they take ecstasy because they tend to touch each other a lot. But my question is, wouldn't that also be the actions of... Trying to attack each other? Yes, but like one that's like maybe a little tired, yeah. and instead Ooh. of hugging, he's trying to strangle, and yeah, maybe. he maybe he's trying to bite the other one. So that is a good point. Lots of questions from my end on that one. <laughs> I agree with you on that one, um, but you know, I wonder what will be next. Maybe next week we'll be talking about muscles on Molly, or Ooh. anchovies on Adderall. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But uh, we'll find out next week when Laura and I begin our own experiments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just kidding. Nobody take away our podcast privileges. No, no, no. Drug-free zone over here. We just, its like I said, it, I just think it's very interesting. Yes. And according to our Ursifa News readers, this was retweeted a lot, this story. So the lobster one, not the octopus one, because I didn't post about the lobster or the octopus one. But anyway. But people want to know about... We need more facts. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> really riled up there. Okay. All right. Moving on to some more serious topics. Wah, wah. Yep. The Trump administration went ahead with a new round of punitive tariffs last week on Chinese products sent to the U.S. The new tariffs are set at 10% initially, effective September 24th. And beginning January 1st, 2019, the tariffs will rise to 25%. Yikes. There are over 6,000 comments opposing the tariffs, but very few changes were made. However, there appears to be an exemption for pollock and cod fillets from Alaska, but otherwise no seafood products gained exemption. Yeah, so seafood news publisher John Sackton says that it's basically a tax on consumers and that they'll bear the brunt of high taxes, which uh, a story actually recently came out that basically Walmart's saying the same thing. They're like, you know, you're, it's, this is going to be affecting the customers. Like, you're not helping anyone. Yeah, and... Two of my markets are those uh, Pollock and Cod Flays from Alaska, and um, talking to my contacts, they all say it's just going to be a huge headache. Like, even that's not a relief for them. It's just going to disrupt the whole channel of distribution and trade and everything. Yeah. So um, even if they're exempt on some, it's yeah. it's a headache. Um so yeah, China accounts for over 15% of all seafood imports. We are particularly dependent on them for frozen tilapia. Plus, 64% of U.S. haddock fillets are processed in China. 23% of all salmon fillets, mainly pink salmon, are processed there. And 47% of breaded shrimp imports from China, among many other things. Yeah, and China retaliated shortly after by announcing tax increases on $60 billion worth of U.S. imports. So we'll see where these alleged trade talks between the U.S. and China go. But moving along, we've got some new Carlos Rafael news. Carlos Rafael. Yes, Godfather news, our favorite. So NOAA has repaired an updated civil penalty assessment against the fishing captains and partner vessel companies who worked with Carlos Rafael. NOAA is now seeking to revoke 42 of Rafael's fishing permits and to prevent Rafael or those associated with him from applying for federal permits in the future. They're increasing monetary penalties sought from over $983,000 to over $3.3 million. Pocket change. Yeah. <laughs> uh, NOAA is also increasing the number of alleged violations of federal fishery laws from 35 to 88. They've added 18 additional captains to the case, in addition to the two originally named. And more than $1 million is specifically being paid by the captains of various Carlos Rafael fishing vessels. 
Um, all the first 42 counts in the penalty calculation are against the captains individually, totaling over $1.1 million. The penalties are calculated, uh, are calculated intentional misreporting and overfishing. And NOAA is also proposing to revoke the operating permits of 17 captains. So Seafood News publisher John Sackton has more on the fines on this story published in SeafoodNews.com on Friday, September 21st. So check that out for more information. And before we go, we've got a farm salmon fillet analysis from Ernerberry market reporter Janice Schreiber. Janice says that consistency and growth in the farm salmon market out of Chile has been the theme as of late, but uh, which is a bit of an anomaly in comparison to previous years. The farm salmon uh, fillet market would typically see unsold product hitting the spot market in fairly regular spats, or on the other hand, product in the spot market would dry up due to disease issues, labor strikes, or natural disasters. In the current market, neither has been the case. The farm fillet market out of Chile is experiencing a great amount of stability. Over the past six weeks, the market has remained, but the bulk of sales in the spot market has been extremely consistent. Yes, according to Janice, the stability of the market is amid record high import volumes. And year to date, the overall fresh fillet market is up 15.4%. When we look at just Chile, fresh fillet volumes are at a whopping 23.2%. So that's an additional 28.1 million pounds in the market compared to last year. And that wraps up our show for the week. Once again, this week's episode was brought to you by Ernerberry Seafood Import Workshop. Please visit ernerberry.com slash SIW. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye.